The internet has allowed us to communicate with the whole world and tell them exactly what we think of them. It's also allowed companies to easily gather data about all of our habits. Is the exchange worth the cost? We're talking about privacy today on The Misanthropic Life. The topic of privacy is something I think that's really super relevant right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is the Misanthropic Life podcast, so I think we value our privacy a lot more than the average person. There's a huge concern about how much privacy we're giving up online today. Privacy has become almost non-existent due to the internet, due to social media, due to... How business is carried. Um, how business is carried out today, yes. Even um, a lot of organizations, whether it's public or private, they are all using social media to either keep track of employees... Or to advertise to customers. To advertise. Well, advertising is the big umbrella, but social media is actually used sometimes as a group board. It sure, may of be, course. it may be private, but it's still social media being used to um, communicate with staff. I know schools actually use, for example, Facebook. Yeah. Um, they connect with parents on Facebook to say, hey, this assignment is due, report cards are coming in. Uh, some schools actually require that parents do have a Facebook account right? so that they could communicate with them so that they know the events happening in schools. So for some, it's not even a choice anymore. It's actually right, a right. mandated. Sure. It's not like you can just not be on these platforms. Correct. Um but of course, we're, we're seeing that they're not really keeping our data private. Despite what it says, despite what they claim, there's no real privacy no. for any of the data that's being shared out there. It's either being scooped up by big data companies who are selling it to advertisers. Correct. Or it's scooped up by companies like Cambridge Analytica that are trying to influence elections. One of the many things that they do. One of the many things that they do, yeah. Well, they, they, they do influencing is what they do. Right. I thought it would be really useful to have a discussion about privacy and what kind of what what it is that we're that we're giving up, because I, I think that by using these platforms, we're gaining a service, the ability to communicate with each other, friends, family. Yeah. With with people that we care about and with the public sometimes for nothing. Right. For free, supposedly. But we're paying with our information, with data about us. But I think there's a deeper problem. I think that we are giving up something far deeper and far more important. I think that one of the many conflicts that people have with social media and privacy is that as a result of social media, we've there's been a burgeoning of entrepreneurship. Sure. A lot of people no longer work for companies, but work for themselves. Sure. And it is as a result of the information that they are gathering from social media. Well, and the reach that they are able to have. They're, they are reaching people, not their neighbors, right. but beyond, right. Right. out of state, you know, national and international. Sure. This is the conflict that many people have with social media and privacy 
You know, they want, everyone wants their information private, but they also want everyone else's information to market to, sure, to get business. Sure, of course. The question of how important is your privacy to you is, is a big question because again, we don't know what privacy means when it comes to social media. Privacy as we traditionally know it, it's tangible to a certain extent. We can go into our homes, our cars, our room and hide ourselves, or we don't have to give our telephone number to someone or communicate with people. We could block people out of our lives in in a much more controllable way. But now when we're talking about social media, which is the internet, we don't know what that means. We are just beginning to understand what lack of privacy means because we're seeing people losing careers. We're seeing identity theft. We're seeing real world effects of lack of privacy on social media now. And so um, it, it's just interesting times when it comes to Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and this whole election um, that happened here in the U.S. And you're talking about the scandal started in April. The scandal started in April 2018 regarding, well, it was a buildup, actually. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, some people knew that it was happening already, yes. but it didn't really hit the mainstream until that point. Correct. It, the people who were actually on social media knew what was happening before mainstream started paying attention to social media. So, again... You know, we have a very complicated relationship with social media and people actually harming themselves or committing suicide. Sure, sure. Because of bullying and so forth. Because of bullying and so forth. Um, but going back to privacy, it, we don't know what that looks like and how to protect ourselves. Our privacy. Our privacy. We don't know how to protect our privacy on social media because it's it's a different platform. It's not real life where, as I stated earlier, we could go into our homes, our cars, right. close you shut the door, a door, close a window. You know, yeah, on, on social totally. media, it's it's completely different. Right. And um, we, I, I have a feeling people have, some people have decided they don't want to protect their privacy because of well, they don't, right. They, they've given up, basically. They, yeah. they're, they're like, you know, it's a give and take. Some people are saying it's a give and take. Sure. You know, I'm giving up my information and I expect other people to give up their information so that I could market to them and I get marketed to. When really, that's not the case. A lot of people don't like being marketed to. They want it to be on their own terms. Privacy, though, it's more than just controlling your information, right? Because privacy goes to the very heart of, of who you are, right? You can't be an autonomous being, a, a, a being with agency. You can't exercise choice without privacy. Privacy is very linked to our self-identity. Yes. If you don't have privacy, if you don't have some space apart from... Your you know, outside world. Right, the outside world, your social interactions with others, you can't define yourself as a person. And so it, it's really important that both... You, you can define yourself as a person. You mean your understanding of who you are. You need that space in order to, to develop who you are. 
you can't do that uh, under the watchful eye of others, right? Under the scrutiny of others, under the judgment of others. Mm. You need space to yourself to exercise choice, to understand who you are, and to develop an identity that is individual, that is part apart from the group, apart from the whole, right? Yes. Collective. And I think we're losing that to to a certain extent when people are are oversharing their lives online. You know, I have friends that I haven't seen for years. And yet I know everything that they did yesterday, because they share it online. That's fine. That's the way they want to live their lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that we all as a people, as a culture, as individuals are losing something. We're losing that space and that distance that allowed us to define ourselves as people. To become something more than others' expectations or definitions of what we should be. And secondarily to that, I think we're losing the ability to have real intimacy. Because intimacy with another person also requires privacy. A lot of people share their relationship status on social media. And so you can see when they gain a new boyfriend and lose them and gain another one. Married, divorced, separated. Exactly. Sure. I want to go back to your comment about your statement about losing intimacy and how people still haven't figured out how that works in social media. I happen to see this a lot, especially on Twitter, where, you know, it'll be a joke and it goes on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, someone will be talking to another person on the timeline and they will reveal their location. How so? How did they re- reveal for, the location? For example, like, let me give you an post example. Post a photo that reveals it? or uh, let, me, let me give you an, an example. So the actor, Zach Braff, actor-director Zach Braff, mm-hmm. posted a picture of, it was something very silly, you know? Okay. And um, a lot of people were laughing about it, you know, had memes in response. And... I'm I'm going through and I'm just laughing at all the memes because because I get a kick out of memes. They tell so many stories and sure. just shows that if we wanted to as humanity, we can actually get along by you know finding commonality. Sure, have it's it's all in good fun, right? It, it's all in good fun until it's not fun anymore. Right, exactly. And this person tweeted and said. Oh, yeah, I see he lives across the street from me. I see him all the time. And I was just like, why would you say that? Right. Because the picture the picture revealed a lot of things, including street. Right. Landmark. And if you, all you need to do is just look up the the director, actor, Zach Braff, and you'll know what city and state that they most likely live in. Sure. And now you have already triangulated, and now you know where this, not only the director and actor lives, but you now know where this person lives. Right, this rando lives. And if people don't realize that all these little breadcrumbs right. literally lead them to their front door. Yep. literally leads people to their front door or their job or it, it, right and we've seen a lot of people get get harassed get stalked yes. get swatted right yes. 
which it's if you don't know is people calling the police on you and saying oh this person is holding someone hostage or something and then like the police break down your door or doxing right doxing which is just basically which is basically what that person did yes which is sharing private information that people haven't published online and and you could tell just by this person's conversation that they didn't even think about this is not a one-on-one conversation that you are in a public social space yep and, and, and Zach Braff has quite a few followers that everyone can see this. And sure. And, you it's know, public. and I'm thinking to myself, I know you probably think that this was said in private, but if you look at the post, there are landmarks and streets. Now people know where you live. Yep. Now people, if you say something crazy on the social media platform it doesn't even have to be something crazy. It, it could be something that they just don't agree. They don't with. agree with, Correct. yeah, or don't like that you said. Correct, right? And all of a sudden, you've got people at your front door. Correct, right? Spoiling for a fight. Yes. Going back to intimacy, though, sharing your status online is one thing, but a lot of people share every moment that they have with somebody. They have a date. They they share all these photos from it. They talk about where they went and what they did. All manner of information about their relationship, how it's going with the whole world, which is problematic from so many directions that I don't even want to go into them all. But just like you need privacy to understand, to know and develop your self-identity, you need privacy, intimacy to develop a relationship with another person as well. It has to be separate. You have to control the knowledge that different people have about you in order to have different relationships with them. In order to have stronger relationships, you have to reveal more of yourself to a person, right? They have to understand more about you. It's critical that that that, that relationship be protected and that space, that domain, right, is separate from the public, from the world, from random people that you may have met once or twice, right? Acquaintances, friends, ex-boyfriends, girlfriends, lovers, etc. Because they would interfere because, again, it's a public sphere. Now, again, people could say, oh, you could block people. We are under the, you would be under the assumption that this other person or persons or people wouldn't create pseudo accounts. I mean, so many things that people assume with regards to privacy online and realizing that they have no control over the other person's action. Yeah. I mean, blocking is like putting a Band-Aid on a, yes. a an amputated arm. Like, yes. it's not really... It's going to bleed. <laughs> it's not really doing anything, mm-hmm. right? Um, and on top of that, the information is already out there. You can't, you can't fix it, you know? No. Once the information is shared online, it's out there forever. Recently, a lot of people have been deleting their Twitter histories because um, James Gunn got fired from the Marvel films that he was doing, right? For past tweets yeah, that so he said that were... I didn't read what they were, but I'm sure that they were prob- they were problematic enough to get him fired, right? Yes. 
who knows if they reflect the actual person. But once again, he put them out there. They've been out there for 10 years. That information never goes away. Even if you delete your Twitter history, the Library of Congress has been saving the entirety of public tweets of public tweets on Twitter since going all the way back to 2006. Yes. And they're not going to delete that archive because you asked them to. Correct. And that's just the Library of Congress, probably the most benign entity in the in the entire government, right? Correct. Who knows what Oh, there are several the apps. FBI, uh, yes. The spy agencies, the NSA, foreign governments, yes, have kept track of or just random dudes on the internet who decide I want to have a... A dossier. A dossier of, (laughs) yeah, all your tweets since the beginning of time, right? Especially if you're a public person. Yes. Or manage to break into the public sphere in some famous or infamous way. Yes. People are going to gun for you and they're going to grab your stuff, whatever's there, and they're going to store it. Or take pictures, screen grab and take pictures of it and repost. So deleting it really does nothing. No. The same with Facebook. I mean, you're supposed to be able to delete your Facebook account, supposedly. But the reality is that even if you delete that stuff, they're still keeping it behind the scenes, right? Because Facebook exists to store as much information about as many people as possible. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, anything anybody's ever posted about you. you. Yes, a, a picture made mention of an accomplishment, an event, or place that you've gone. Exactly. They have that. So they have a A dossier, a profile, profile. on people that have never joined the service, have never agreed to the terms of service, have never agreed to give them one bit of information. All this information is, it's done. It's out there. It's over. No amount of going through your privacy settings and turning stuff off is going to prevent them from selling that information correct to whoever will pay correct and turns out personal information is worth quite a lot yes it is it is i came across an interesting article from the guardian and it was regarding myspace and it was titled meet the people who still use myspace what was interesting about myspace was the many that first of all that it actually is active But MySpace was started in 2003 by several people in the tech industry in San Francisco. Sure. And in 2005, it was sold for $580 million to News Corp. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, time out. Yes. So in two years from launch. From launch. They sold it for half a billion dollars a little bit over half a billion to rupert murdoch's company yes news corp news corp myspace was the premier social media company while facebook was out there at that time it was not as successful as myspace facebook was still redefining itself but myspace what makes it interesting like I mentioned earlier, is that MySpace is still an active and live and well company. So we go from MySpace founded in 2003 to two years later being purchased by News Corp. We're talking about Fox Broadcasting entities. In 2011, News Corp sells MySpace to a company called Specific Media, 
which was an online advertising company, which interestingly, later on, becomes a company named Viant, which was one, uh, I, I believe it may be the first ad tech company. Around that time, MySpace in 2011 had about 1.2 billion users. In now, 2011? In 2011, whether the the users were active Who are or these not, people? <laughs> whether they were active or not, okay. it didn't matter. Right, 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 right. 2011, MySpace had 1.2 billion people That's insane. on there. A few years later, Viant sells MySpace in 2016 to Times. I'm sorry, Time, the Time, Time Corporation. Time Corporation. As in Time Magazine. As in Time Magazine. Okay. Not too long after that, they sell it in tw- the end of 2017 to a company named Meredith Corporation. Now, I have no idea who Meredith Corporation <laughs> okay. is, but I believe that they may be an, they, they may be an advertising company as well. Right. I'm, oh, obviously, I'm sure they are. So, why is MySpace so valuable? Right. Well, I mean, do we have do we have recent figures for what any of those sales of MySpace cost? In the Guardian, the purchase, uh, the sale of five hundred and eighty million was mentioned in the Guardian article. Right. Right. But all the other acquisitions, I believe, with the Meredith Corporation acquisition, that is actually sealed. It's not made public. Okay, so that it must was, be a private company then. That that was not made public. Maybe it is. Because yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. they have to reveal that information for their shareholders, which means they have to reveal it to the to the public. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. So it must be a privately owned comp- a corporation that bought them. And what's interesting, though, about this acquisition between Time and Meredith Corporation is that Meredith Corporation is actually looking to sell MySpace, the MySpace portion of their acquisition from Time, to someone else. So the question is, why is MySpace valuable? Right. The reason why MySpace is valuable is because of their active users and their past users. Right. Remember. Because all that information is still exists. Exactly. And also MySpace, when it first started, everybody was, was still new to this. What is MySpace? Ooh, I want to join. This looks interesting and fun. So people were giving out all sorts of information. Also, they were still fine-tuning it, so they were probably asking for emails, address, and general, yeah, of course, general yeah. information to collect, right. so that they can have a data, a, a profile, so that they can advertise to use as leverage to 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 gain funds, right, right, right. to con- to to continue their their business. Whether you are an active user or not, it doesn't matter. Your email that they have, maybe your address, your profile, they have all of that information. And interestingly enough, all of that information can be linked to other online data sources that tracks and targets people. So basically, they can 
all of these other online data sources and services could actually gather all that information and target you at the current social media space that you're at. And not you may not even be in a social media space per se. You, you may be signed up to an online magazine and they could target you from there. Another thing that people don't think about, Instagram and Facebook and others have these ask me a question now or surveys. All these surveys are collected. It's not just the person that you're following that is just answering those questions, but all those surveys go back to, for example, Instagram, which is also owned by Facebook. They gather the survey to create a profile so that they can better curate their page. But that it, information... But it, but it's more than just that, especially, yes. in, especially in the case of Facebook. because Facebook and Instagram, all these sure. surveys are creating a bigger profile for right. those platforms, right. not just for... Well, and those companies are linked now yes. because Facebook bought Instagram. Yes. But those profiles can not only be accessed by advertisers, they can be accessed by anybody... Yes, who has a business... ...willing to pay money yes to facebook correct okay or instagram or twitter and it doesn't snap. require a lot of money. snapchat no that's the crazy thing right no it doesn't you can, you can be any random person that wants to run an ad targeting i don't know people that that are in your city your neighborhood it's possible to pinpoint an individual based on their profile fairly easily yes if you know some very simple information about them or whatever you've gathered from their Facebook profile. It's possible to learn a lot about their habits. If you know the places they frequent, you can build a map pretty easily and know about where they are if you're stalking them for whatever reason. Or each of these pieces seems rather benign, right? But in total, what you can do when you when you know all of this stuff is build a profile that has all the information, a dossier that has all the information you want to know about someone. You know, you don't have to be a state-level actor, meaning a government or extremely large corporation, in order to get access to this data. You and I could do it if we really wanted to. And then on top of that, the various leaks from financial institutions that have happened over the last few years, um, Experian being the largest and most complete, I think, because they have, I forget how many millions of financial records for all of us, Yes, right? They're one of the main, one of the three main credit processors in the United States. They have a profile that lists all of your bank accounts, bank all accounts, of your where cards. you lived, any, yep. anything that connects Phone you. numbers. Yes. All of that's listed. And because their database was exfiltrated from their company in its totality and is now available in, I'm sure, a bazillion places on the dark web, everybody who wants to can get that information. Yes. And has now your social, like you said, every address you've lived at for the past few years. Whether you remember them or not. (laughs) Whether you remember them or not. All of your financial accounts of note, right? Anything important is going to... gets processed by a credit processing company right? or multiple ones sometimes. So this, this is done. It's over, right? Like all that information is out there. As a, as a result of all of this, that has happened. There was a 
I think, I believe it was Europe that had basically required. Yeah, the, EU. the EU, what they did is they passed a law that said that consumers had a right to see exactly how their private information was being used and who it was being sold to. So now everybody's privacy policies got updated for every single company that you're involved in. I'm sure we, we've all gotten the emails from every company that we ever signed up with for anything. It was called the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, or the GDPR. Okay. That's what it was called. You now, as a consumer, can go to any of these companies and say, I want a list of who you've shared my information with, and they have to provide it, which is great. That's fantastic. Thank you, EU, for, you know... You know, not only taking care of your citizens, but for all taking care of all of us as well. How much of that power do they actually have in the U.S.? I understand all the countries that are under. They have absolutely no power in the U.S., but what they said is that if you operate in our country, in any of the EU nations, you have to provide this service. Yes. Okay. So I just wanted to be clear on that. Yeah. They have no jurisdiction over here whatsoever, but all of those companies all these internet companies operate over there as well. So they basically had to just, it's basically the whole world now has access to this capability, which is great. I believe also small businesses, entrepreneurs actually had to do this. Everybody. If if you have a business that is international, you had to provide a new privacy policy. Correct. I don't know how enforceable it is outside of the EU, but it is going to benefit the rest of us just just by becoming the new default for the way that those companies deal with personal information. It's not preventing them from sharing your information. It's just saying that they have to let you know if you ask. At the end of the day, none of this can be taken back, right? Like I said, Experian and Target and all the other companies that leaked our data, our personal data, our financial data, Like I said, even if you've never been on Facebook, they have a profile on you most likely because someone you know is on Facebook. All of this information is going to these big data processing companies and being used often for benign things, but it's out of your control now. It's gone. It's done. And so I I guess I don't know what we as people can actually do at this point Mm -hmm. to regain an an element of privacy, uh, a domain that we control Other than just be extremely careful what we share. Yes. I almost feel like there needs to be a class on how to use social media. Because, again, I go back to the person that made a a, a comment. Your grandmother doesn't know. No. Well, your grandmother doesn't know. But even... Even people who are... Yeah, young people, they don't know. Even Not just that. Even people who are educated and it's just they get so comfortable. Again, if if a tweet is... And I'm using Twitter as an example because every single one of us... It's like the least invasive of the social networks. Every single person has seen a tweet, whether you use it or not. And that's sure, the thing. Right. Of course. Whether you're logged on or not, you have seen a tweet. Tweets can go viral. And again, all it takes is for you to be bored one day and you start reading a timeline and you see bits and pieces 
of conversation, a whole conversation. Sure. And you literally have a picture of not just a picture profile of who the person is that is talking, but what their interests are, where they like going for fun. Totally. And I'm just like, you were willingly giving out this information. And you don't... And, and, and for why, right? To feel like you're famous for a moment? I don't understand. Or, or again, I do, I do believe that there are people, they forget for a moment that other people are also reading this conversation. There are people who will have a whole timeline of a history of a moment in their life. Whether they think that it'll help someone else or not, what they're not realizing is that they are creating another profile of themselves. Right. And that's the danger of it, because not everybody on social media has your best interest in mind at all. Obviously, we have social movements that have been for good, and there are those that have been for bad. But I've also seen people network with other people where they take it off of the the conversation off the platform and actually meet face to face and have just turned their life completely around. So it's it's not that social media is evil and all that other stuff. It's just there's a lot of good things that it has. Be given careful us. of what you say and what you share because it is not a safe space. You know, right. we like to talk about safe space. It is not a safe space. It is not private. It's very public and right. very volatile. Right. There are other lesser known social media platforms. The name escapes me right now, but there is one that specifically targets young girls from high school and and early college to help them through the challenges of growing up as a teenager, transitioning into a younger, a a, a young adult. It's a safe space for them, but these young girls are oversharing because in order for that platform to be around, they have to advertise. They have to give a user profile. I just encourage people to go to the bottom of the page, click on privacy. This is one of the things that I do all the time. I always go to the bottom of the page and that's how I know who owns what, who is really backing this platform because again, it matters. Yeah, There's it matters. A, there are millions and millions of dollars that are specifically budgeted for advertising. They want our information. You know, and here's the thing. It's gone beyond just information. The latest thing now is consumer devices or software that's being sold to consumers that has basically spyware built in. Notably, the Chrome browser, which is free. It's not actually being sold, but the Chrome browser has code by default that turns on your microphone whenever it's open and listens to whatever you say. Is that still the case today? It is still the case. You are allowed to turn it off. Okay, Google, I think is the feature. The microphone is always on and listening, even if you don't say, okay, Google. Okay, You don't have to use that feature ever. I have some anecdotal evidence of a friend who told me that basically he had said something or had a conversation about some product and was immediately shown ads for it. Despite having never searched for it, he, he like instantly was shown an ad for exactly the product he was talking about. Um, and it was an obscure thing. It wasn't like something, it wasn't like the hottest thing or anything. It wasn't anything you'd think he would have an ad for. But that's maybe the most benign one. Samsung t- smart TVs, right? Mm-hmm. Have cameras in them and microphones that are built to listen in, to, in on you. And those things are on even if you're not using them 
in a direct way. These companies may or may not be doing anything nefarious with that information, but does anybody really want pictures or audio or video of themselves in their living room doing whatever it is they do in their living room just because the TV is leaking that information. Samsung, a South Korean company, right? They might be doing nothing nefarious whatsoever, but it's already been proven that you can easily hack into them, gain access to the microphone, gain access to the camera, turn them on, and see whatever is going on in the house at at that moment. Not even to get into these smart assistants like Amazon Alexa or Google Home that are basically listening all the time, connected to the internet all the time, they are listening to what you say so that they can sell you stuff. That is what they are doing, and they are listening all the time. Apple recently came out with a a, a smartphone speaker as well, and they've been really hitting the whole we protect your privacy thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that Apple doesn't make money off of advertising. So they're not really incentivized to sell your information or to have that speaker on all the time listening to you in case you might say, I'd like a Bud Light or I think I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Apple's not interested in, in that information because they're not an advertising company like Google is or like Amazon is. But still, we have to ask ourselves the question with any of these devices, is it worth bringing that into your home? Is it worth bringing in what's basically a spy device? I know these devices are convenient, but the reality is you're you're lowering one of the last barriers that you have, the privacy of your home, for convenient ordering of what? Napkins? I, I don't understand. The novelty of being able to speak at these devices and have them do something for us or give them give us some piece of information that we could have easily just grabbed our phones and looked up. Yes in probably about the same amount of time, is really questionable to me. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why people are dropping that last barrier. Convenience. It's not that big of a deal. To you. To pick your phone up. To you or I, (laughs) but it is convenience, and we just want to know that we have that option. This is where being a misanthrope comes in, I guess. I just don't want to lose the safe space that I have, that I have created in my home, to be able to think my thoughts out loud and not have them heard by the world. Like I said, we're rapidly approaching a place where it's very difficult to maintain that. Anonymity. Anonymity, control over our person. Especially if friends and family don't share the same concern. Yeah, totally. They just post everything everywhere. Or they bring their phone into into your space. Yes. And they've got, you know, their microphones turned on so that they can get easy access to products, I guess. Like I said, I don't understand the advantage that we're gaining here. What is the advantage that we gain by... What are we gaining for what we're giving up? It's not worth it to me. I just want everybody to think. Think through what you're doing, what you're sharing, what you're... Signing up for what you're signing up for and ask yourself, is it worth it? These companies are doing as much as they can to make it worth it. And like you said, social media is very useful for a lot of things. Just realize that everything you do on there is being recorded for all time. And everything you share about yourself, where you live, what you do, the places you like to visit, it's all being recorded. And that's not paranoia. That's not some conspiracy theory. It's a fact. It's a fact that we need to understand 
we are not alone anymore with our thoughts, with our information, our personal details. We are not in control of that anymore. And we need to really think about trying to take back as much control as we can before it's all gone. This podcast is a new venture for us, and we appreciate your feedback. Unless your feedback is about how our opinions are wrong. Keep that feedback to yourself. All right. We welcome feedback on the show itself, and also any topics you'd like us to discuss. Please check out our website at themisanthropiclife.com for show notes and schedule. You can also contact us on the website or by emailing info at themisanthropiclife.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Miss Life Podcast. That's M-I-S-L-I-F-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Thanks for listening.